0: Episode of Retro Pop. Are we gonna defeat the wet bandits? Let's find out. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny Townsend and Happy Hanukkah slash Merry Christmas Harv over there to Matthew Johnson. What's going on, partner? Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever
1: whatever you celebrate this time of year. Happy holidays to our listeners. We uh we greatly appreciate you and uh, and everything you do for us. Seriously, uh, I love the roller coaster of of finding out what wh- who's listening to this show and what's going on. And I, I really do. I thoroughly enjoy it. So thank you all for your support, your endless support uh, of this show.
0: Yeah, very much so. Uh, especially since I don't know if we've been naughty or nice this year, Matt. I can't tell. <laughs> I don't know. I probably been
1: I probably been on the bad list. I'm probably on the naughty list. I might be a little bit.
0: Yeah. I made a <laughs> yeah. joke to somebody that uh uh I'm probably getting coal for Christmas, but it's going to be like really nice coal because <laughs> despite the <laughs> fact that I was naughty, I was very nice about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, "Hey, will you politely shut up?" You know? That's yeah. talking like that. I usually tell people to to, you know, politely I politely ask them to shut up or Stuff like so that. we're getting so, top yeah. of the line coal is what we're getting, like the best oh, yeah. coal you can get. We're yeah. getting that. We're getting that. We're getting that clean coal, that really nice. Coal. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how good we are. <laughs> there. But uh, Matt, for today's very special episode with the holidays obviously just around the corner, I thought we should talk about Home Alone. Yeah, I'm that's glad. So let's I'm, get into our personal histories with. Home Alone. Did you close the garage? That's it. I forgot to close the garage, that's it. No, that's not it. What else could we be forgetting? All right. Obviously, Home Alone 1, and I'm going to group in two to this, are yearly, at this time of year, watches for me. I watched both of these the day after Thanksgiving already this year, because I just couldn't wait. I can't think of the number of times I've seen these films, It's especially the first one. So many. It's 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 astronomical, <laughs> probably, at this point. I saw these in a theater. I remember seeing these in a theater with my parents, so they got that part of them too, the nostalgia from that because uh, this was at a time when I was younger uh, we didn't go to the movies very often so it was a big deal you right. know, when we went, so when we went and saw this I was over over the moon as they say, and of course <laughs> uh, with all the uh, all the pratfalls and stuff that, that happens in this film, I loved it from first sight <laughs> uh, I love these movies uh, especially this first one It's it's got such a a place and it f- makes me feel like Christmas is, is on its way.
1: I can certainly agree with that. There is a, there's a lot of charm to um, home alone. There's a, there's such a, there's a lot of charm that, I don't know. It just, it brings up like warm, fuzzy feelings inside that bitter old Matt don't like to feel, but I still like, I still wo- I'll still watch it anyways. Um, I can't remember the first time I watched and I know I was very little, uh, Cause it, it's one of those timeless classics. It's, it's like, I, I would put it on in, in comparison to uh, Christmas story that gets played on TBS and TNT on repeat for 24 yeah. hours on you know Christmas day. Uh, I would put home alone in that category. I really would. Um, it is, it's, it's a, it's, it's one of the better Christmas movies. In my personal opinion, um, there's just a lot of range of emotion, you know, you, and it's cool, too, because as a kid, when you're watching these things, you can you can relate to Kevin McHale. Yeah, um, you can you can relate yeah. to Macaulay Culkin and and his character in this movie. And it's it, I think it, it, that's what makes it so special because we've all been just kids. You know what I mean? Some movies you watch and there's like adults with with various jobs. And, um, you know, there's things that you'll never get to do like Iron Man. Like I'll never be a billionaire. (laughs) I'll never be smart to make my own suits. And I can't relate to that, but I can go watch home alone. I can relate to this kid who gets a one. The one wish that a lot of kids think that they want is to be home alone without their parents. Um, And obviously there's a, but then they realize how scary that is. (laughs) Yeah, no, most certainly. So there's a fun little morality to it. Um, You know, watching this movie and uh, it's, the fact that it's still popular to this day, it, it's it's really, really cool. Um, you know, I still see Macaulay Culkin pop up in pop culture because of this movie. You know, he hasn't really done a whole lot of films and things since Home Alone 2. And just a couple of years ago, a guy that I knew through pro wrestling got to be in the ring with him because Macaulay Culkin came back and he did a wrestling spot in Ohio. And it's like <laughs> it's like that's the coolest thing for me. Um, It's to see this and, and, you know, and uh, but yeah, from a personal experience, it's a great family movie. I love sitting down with the family, whoever watching it. And yeah, it's just there's a lot of good. There's a lot of charm to it. A lot of charm to it.
0: Most certainly, uh, most certainly true. All right. So let's get into the history of home alone. Keep that change, you filthy animal cheapskate
1: hey i'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly yellow no good keister off my property before i pump your guts full of lead
0: one two 10. <laughs> We can't talk about Home Alone without talking about, first of all, another movie that came out in 1989 called Uncle Buck. Uh, Of course, this stars the very awesome and very much missed John Candy, who my grandmother likes to point out that I resemble many, many times. Uh, At first, I was insulted by this. That's a badge of honor. uh, But then I realized John Candy freaking rules. So it's totally cool with me. He's
1: wonderful. I miss. I miss. I I love watching his movies. I, i wish he was still around. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's really sad that he's not, but uh, this was like at the height of John Candy's powers, right? This is when he was really uh, really sought after. People wanted to go to his movies and such. Well, Uncle Buck was a movie that was written by a certain man uh, who's very notorious for writing like countless amounts of films that are in our pop culture now. Then it's John Hughes, who's also sadly passed away, but uh, he has written quite a few, and there's, there's, uh, there are tales of him writing these big movies that we all know and love, like, just over a weekend. <laughs> like, he was so quick, and he would write three or four films in a week or something like that, or at least he would get the gist of the script down for that. Uh, That's pretty phenomenal to me. Uh, I've tried just writing a script for, like, a 10-minute thing for a podcast and hated my life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's rough, man. It's a lot of work. I was like, nah, just... I'll just free ball it from here. So I, yeah. yeah, I <laughs> or whatever the kids say these
0: days. No, I, I,
1: I agree. There's a lot of work that goes into these uh, types of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible, but John Hughes also had an eye for talent. This man knew talent when he saw it. And that brings us to Macaulay Culkin, who also appeared in the film, Uncle Buck. Uh, I It's been a long time since I've seen Uncle Buck. It makes me want to go back and watch it.
1: It comes uh, up on seen TV a, a time. lot around this time. It, it it does tend to pop up around this time of year, um, you know, late night. I, I spend a lot of time around the TV, so I always always flip it through the channels, and it always it's like it always seems to be on up here, up here in the in the uh, in the Northeast, the good old Northeast. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, this really inspired Hughes. He saw Calkin and was really blown away by how good this kid was, and he was like, I want to. I want to make a movie about this kid. So literally home alone was born because Macaulay Culkin showed up and John Hughes was like, I'm going to write a movie around this kid. I want to use this kid. I want to, my goal is to make this kid a star and uh, spoiler alert. And he totally did. Uh, <laughs> uh, Macaulay Culkin, uh became a household name, as I say, and that's a giant spoiler alert, but that's how home alone was born. Uh, there is a really good documentary. Of course, this is where I got a lot of my information from. So uh, there's multiple documentaries on the making of this movie. There's some really good uh, documentaries in the Blu-ray set of this in the second movie. That's the one that I have. There's a lot of really cool behind-the-scenes stuff there. But also, of course, Netflix released uh, movies that made us, and this is one of the films that they talk about. So I got a lot from there, too. So just let you know what my sources are. And also, go watch those. They're, if you like this movie at all, they're very fascinating. I watched a few of oh, yeah,
1: I watched a few on the warm-up for this episode, and they were very revealing and telling. Um, yeah. Yeah, very good. I watched a lot of
0: little side things for this, and I'll get to those <laughs> in my <digi> notes. <laughs> so, Uh But, yeah, Macaulay Culkin was uh, – man, what a smart kid he was at that age. Like, he was ridiculously smart. He was quick. He There's a behind-the-scenes of him sitting in his chair, and, and like uh, Col- Chris Columbus, who we'll get to in a second, the director of the film, the first two movies – uh, was just talking to him, asking him what kind of shots should he do, like types of shots. And Macaulay Calkin, even at his young age, knew like he goes, "We should do uh, this type of shot or that type of shot." Like I tell, he knew the lingo and stuff already. <laughs> I'm Pretty the wild. captain, like eight years old. I'm the captain now. I'm running the ship. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying a lot because his uh, apparently his family life wasn't that great. Uh, his, well, I'm just going to touch on this real quick right now. His parents were never married from what I saw. And once he got really popular, there was a really famous, I think it was like in the mid 90s, uh, custody battle over him. And of course, his money that he made. It's very famous. You can look into it. it I remember making headlines for sure. Uh, but okay, so they need a director for this movie. John Hughes could not direct it himself. He chose Chris Columbus, which at that time, I mean, now it says, oh yeah, that makes sense. He's made a, a lot of, really big movies included some harry potter ones so this dude knows what he's doing when it comes to directing kids but uh, at this time that was taking a shot in the dark chris columbus wasn't exactly a hot property when it comes to directing movies he's actually more known for writing scripts and stuff uh, and he actually did help john hughes a little bit with his script for home alone but overall it's mostly john hughes uh, apparently at the beginning it was much more of a broad comedy but they really added in some stuff like the, you know, the, the neighbor, the old man was added in later. Yeah, that type of stuff to kind of ground the film a little bit, which was much needed. That last scene with the old man and uh, his neighbor who when he gets his family makes me tear up every time, uh, especially the older. I get the more that makes me sad in a happy way. <laughs> yeah, no, we we'll certainly saw as a. There's a yeah, that's the,
1: that's that charm that I was referring to. Um, yeah, and the sweetness fact that to it. the fact that he was like rewritten in is like. Like crazy. Like, I, there would have been some charm to the movie still, but I think that was an important aspect of it that would have been greatly missed. I, I think if they yeah. if they decided to exclude him,
0: so yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, but uh, this Chris uh, Chris Columbus was actually a perfect pair with with John Hughes. Uh, this movie actually really established Columbus. He would go on to direct the second one. Like I said, he also directed a bunch of other movies, including some of the Harry Potter films. So he became also a big name. This movie made some stars, man. This movie really made some stars. It did. Brought in some stars. I mean, it brought in some stars, too.
1: uh, Most certainly so. But, I mean, Macaulay Calkins, like, he was on the rise. But he, like, after this, like, he became, like, fixture in pop culture from this movie. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, this shot shot him to the moon.
1: (laughs) It did. (laughs) It really did. Like, even when he wasn't doing anything, he was still in, like, the public eye. Um, cause I know we had a, some, a rough patch later on, but he was, you know, he wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't going anywhere. Right. Like nobody ever forgot about Macaulay Culkin
0: because of the, this, 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 and that's, movie. and that's kind of despite the fact that his brother who also appears in home alone, uh, uh, actually probably had a more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. I wouldn't say successful, but I would say, yeah, he'd done more work. I think. In oh, for stuff. sure. For sure. Like he showed up, I remember when he showed up in Scott Pilgrim. Like, I, and I love that movie. <laughs> it's uh, so, a great movie. Which may be a future episode. Just, just FYI. All right, uh, but yeah. So uh, overall, casting was started after the script was done. sudden, they already had Culkin as their main uh, their main kid. They had to cast all the kids. Overall, the casting seemed to be very easy. Like they got most of these people, except for oddly enough, Daniel Stern, uh, Marv himself. They went to him first. They wanted him to play this part, and <laughs> the first time he turned them down, uh, he said he wanted more money and stuff. And he's got a really funny talking head in some of his documentaries where he's like, "How stupid was I? <laughs> <laughs> How dumb he was?" And he was very lucky because he was he was replaced in the film with somebody else, and it's an actor. I'm blanking on his name, but it's somebody I've seen in other stuff. Uh, but Chris Columbus was like, "This guy just isn't working out. We got to try to get Stern back." So they gave him a second shot. And so I was like, you know what? I'll do it this time. Daniel Roebuck. It was Daniel Roebuck. Yes. 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 And I've seen him in some stuff, too. Uh, But yeah, but apparently the chemistry, because the because because they're right, the chemistry between Marvin Harry is important. They made it and they uh, both they
1: they they made that movie like I mean, there's everybody played a part, but they made that movie. Everybody knows the wet bandits. Well, okay, not everybody, because. There was a meme popping up of a picture of those two, and people were losing their minds. Like they thought that they were really breaking into people's houses. I remember this like five, six years ago. It went around Facebook. It was (laughs) a picture of these two. It was like, oh, watch out for these two. They're breaking, you know, they're breaking in homes. They leave the sinks on. And people were just all all up in a roar. And I'm like, oh my God.
0: (laughs) You uncultured swines. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) ridiculous. Yeah. No. (laughs) Ridiculous. Uh, however, you know, things were going smoothly. They found a location. Most of this movie, if not all of it, was shot in Illinois near Chicago. And that was because John Hughes really did not like uh, studio notes <laughs> coming in. Uh, so he didn't want to shoot in uh, in New York or in California. He uh, And so he's like, we're going to Illinois. And there's a very famous school where he actually shot other films that they shot most of this in. There's, of course, the Home Alone House, which is very famous. You can still go see it today. The outside of it, but all the inside stuff was shot uh, on sets that they built specifically for a film inside the school. Uh, even down to using the pool, they even used the pool area for, for this. Yeah, movie. that's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, but they already had all these sets built. They had all the cast done and ready. They were production was really zooming along. Uh, however, there was turmoil behind the scenes. Matt uh, Warner Brothers. That's who originally was going to put this movie out. They had agreed to a budget of around $10 million. However, as the movie was being made and filmed, it was becoming very apparent that they were going to go over that just a little bit, which is not unheard of. It happens all the time. And it wasn't going to be by a lot. I mean, it's by like, by my standards because I'm poor. But, <laughs> but by movie standards, it wasn't going to go over by a bunch. So he goes to Warner Brothers and tells them. Warner Brothers scoffs at him and says, nope, we're not doing it. We're pulling the plug and shut it down. But what Warner Brothers didn't know is that John Hughes had friends at other studios and uh, he was like, okay, fine, sure. Uh, He had friends at 20th Century Fox. He had dinner with them and they were like, well, what are you working on? And he started telling them about all the trouble he was having with Home Alone. And they were like, We'll make that movie. And then so they had a plan where if Warner Brothers said, we're not doing this, that they would go to 20th Century Fox. And they would just make the movie. And that's what happens. It's really fascinating to me because they say on the doc, on the uh, making of, I mean, of the movies that made us, that they literally were had a Warner Brothers had literally sent a guy down to them where they were making a movie to go around and shut things down. And as he was going around, uh, some of the people, who were making the movie came behind him and said, No, keep it up. We actually, uh, we got this story. <laughs> uh, and it's honestly, wow. it's a little shady when it comes to how legal this was, <laughs> yeah, uh, because yeah. technically, uh, you don't hear about that too uh, often. Technically, Warner Brothers had rights to the script and stuff, right? That's crazy,
1: yeah. You don't hear about that kind of bamboozling going on too often. I know people play different production companies against each other, but that's yeah.
0: uh. Oh, that's interesting. Man. Yeah, and what's... I, I couldn't imagine being the guy who said, we're not, we're going to pull the plug on Home Alone, right? Yeah. That's how Especially. little people believed in it, though. Yeah. That's how little people believed in this thing. Which, is like, even, like,
1: uh, Stern and, and uh, Pesci, they didn't believe in it. They didn't think it was going to be good. That's why they did you know, they didn't think it was going to be good. And, and obviously, the studio didn't have any faith. Like, that's not good to go into a film like that. So...
0: This is like the whole success of this movie is is really, really amazing. Really, really amazing. So they start filming it uh, with (laughs) 20th Century Fox. Home Alone (laughs) was saved. We have Home Alone again. So there are some stories that I wanted to touch on about the filming of this movie. Uh, Some pretty fascinating stuff to me. Uh, One of them being, of course, everybody was basically scared of Joe Pesci. And that was for good reason. (laughs) Uh, He's a scary dude. Uh, You know, of course, he's known for his. For his movie roles uh, in much darker films and also known uh, for cursing a lot, and they said that that's why when you watch these Home Alone movies, he's going, frick, you know, just making <laughs> up these languages because they thought that's the only thing he could do and it would be funny. If he, it it. And he was right, it worked, yeah, it t- totally works. Uh, but, uh Basically, he was a nightmare at times on set. Like they're saying, "Hey, we need you here by this time," and he was like, "I'm going to go play golf instead." He was the Sid. He was a Sid vicious uh, with softball <laughs> of his time. That's a deep, dark wrestling cut right yes, there. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, but so he was like, "I'm going to go play golf until nine, and I'll be here at 9. He literally would tell them that. Uh, he was also very method, as in he didn't want Macaulay Culkin to actually talk to him because he wanted Macaulay to be legit. Scared of him when they acted in scenes together. Uh, that worked. Uh, we're going to touch on that again later. Did you notice? It certainly did. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the camera shots you see were kind of experimental at the time. Uh, but a, uh, since then, a lot of people's movies uh, use those now. They're called the Home Alone shots, of course. And let's get into the stunts of this film. You know, the very, very famous uh, points where Marv and Harry are going through the House of Horrors of the McAllister's house uh, that, that McCall. Holly Culkin had set up, uh, those were all practical stunts. These were really – all those falls you see, all those hardcore uh, falls were all really done multiple times, by the way. They weren't just done in one take. <laughs> <laughs> and they said – and they actually said while they were filming this at first, of course, you don't have all the sound effects or anything when you're actually filming it. So, like, when these people were doing these falls, because they're jumping up high and landing hard on their backs. I mean, they really are. Yeah. On cement and stuff like that. Like that, I mean, what was it wasn't C-Man They had built these sets, but it was still really hard ground they were landing on. And uh, some of the tales were like, we would all stop and get, be like, "Oh, is he okay?" And they would have like be, you know, they couldn't breathe for a second until the guy was like, "I'm fine." <laughs> it would <pop> up. Uh, <laughs> but man, these stunt actors, you know, mwah out to them because seriously, wow, seriously, wow. this was
1: like next level slapstick comedy, like three oh, Stooges yeah. slapstick. Like this was like the next like evolution of three Stooges. That this was yeah. Good. Seriously. Shout out to the stunt actors for pulling this off. Cause that was, I'm sure it was very, very physically demanding, uh, especially that. I mean, it's such a small portion of the movie, but it's a very
0: exhaustive portion of the movie as well. Yes, very much so. Uh, but, uh, they get this film shot and made and they <laughs> hold their breath. Uh, the movie actually comes out on November 16th, 1990. I was uh, born in 83, as it tells you how old I was at this time. I was also I was about Kevin's age when this movie <laughs> came out, and this movie becomes a mega bona fide hit. Mega hit. N- number one, uh, not only for this opening weekend. It was going against some stiff competition. It was going up against like Rock, uh, one of the Rocky movies. Right, and it was number one for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh yeah! Uh, at the time, at the time this movie came out, this is the only stat I'll give you because Matt's gonna have a lot of good stats for this. But at the time this movie came out, it was literally the number three grossing film of all time, uh, behind Star Wars, and I blank on the other film at this point. But it it was only beat by like Star Wars and one other movie. <laughs> that's how big this. That's how much money this movie made. Uh, there's a Talking him with Daniel Stern, and the movie he was making as this movie came out was City Slickers, and he said Billy Crystal, who was his, who was one of his co-stars, and they would come in here and say, "Well, you know, your movie's number one," and then he would come in again, "Well, your number, your movie's number one." He <laughs> said, it happened again and again and again. And he couldn't believe it; he was just blown away by that. Uh, so that movie comes out; it becomes a staple of Christmas time. A lot of people, such as myself, make sure they watch this every year. So this movie was uh, obviously a bonafide hit, but that led to all these rumors and stuff of there being uh, more movies. And they did make a sequel that was brought back all the same cast and, and even the same director, the same writer. John Hughes wrote that one too. And that's why it has all the magic to it. But then after that, of course, it's not the same cast at all. And none of the other people are attached to just the name, basically. Uh, I would dare say the third one, uh, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. No, it's it's, it's just really not the same. it's very funny. But yeah, you're right. It's like it's like watching the Sandlot 2,
1: and nobody from the the very yeah. first Sandlot is, is 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 there. But it did have its it did have its quirks. Like I remember watching, I remember renting that one from Blockbuster and watching it, and it was fun. But it was no Macaulay Culkin, yeah. so um, that yeah. definitely changes things a little bit, at least from a perception standpoint.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. It's still a a fine film. That I think would have done much better if it didn't have the Home Alone name to it. But yes, uh, yes, that that was its <laughs> that was its big sin, <laughs> is saying it was Home Alone when none of the people from Home Alone were in it. Uh, of course, uh, that also led to rumors of it always being rebooted. And with Disney's streaming service becoming the big thing now, uh, it's one of the top streaming services now. Uh, they Disney themselves, and just last year, as of this recording, announced. Uh, plans for a quote-unquote reboot. I keep hearing all these different ways they want to do it. Uh, one of the things I heard uh, didn't make any sense to me. Like, it was just Home Alone in name at most. But you're going to hear all kinds of rumors until more is sort of uh, brought to the light. You were telling me that some of the originals were coming back to it, right? Yes. Yeah, originally, uh, let me find, I
1: think it's supposed to be, Macaulay Culkin supposed to come back, Stern, Pesci is allegedly coming back uh and I think there might be one more character uh coming i oh it's uh his one of his brothers um one of not his not Calkin's actual brother but one of his brothers in the films um this guy played buzz yeah I think it was yeah it's actually him are yeah. supposed to come back in this and I'm not sure how they're going to go about it I don't know if it's gonna be cameo appearances but um I could i honestly wouldn't hate them finding a creative way to make these characters the mains. Um, again, I think that would be pretty hilarious. I really, really do. Uh,
0: yeah. My my idea would be just to, uh, like have Macaulay Culkin has a kid and then he goes off and does the same thing his parents did to him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be terrible, horrible parents.
1: <laughs> it would be pretty adorable.
0: Yeah, I think it would be pretty adorable if they did it that way. Um, yeah.
1: But I'm excited to see like Joe Pesci back. Like he hasn't made mo- a like, I haven't seen him in a movie in a long time, and I could be mistaken. I might have overlooked something, but. Um, Daniel Stern, uh, too, who Daniel I, who II, I yeah. really
0: like. Yeah. Uh, he's he, After this movie, he became one of my favorites. Uh, uh, rookie of the Year, another probably oh, one of my favorite yeah. baseball movies. He's in that. And he's fantastic in that. He's really good in City Slickers. This dude's just a a good actor, and he's really just naturally funny. He is. Uh, Joe
1: Pesci was my, like my childhood, though, because I got to see like, which is strange to see, considering all the movies he was in, but he was like <laughs> just, he was just like this angry Italian man um, in a lot of movies. Like, that was his shtick. Not saying he was the same character in every movie, but he might have been the same character in just about every movie. Yeah. Uh, he was good at it. <laughs> he's very, very good <laughs> at it. it. Like, it's weird to me to see very Joe convincing. Pesci as old looking as he is, but um, like now, today, but I, I guess he's been he's been around for, he's been around the block for a long time. So, um, but yeah, he was like the bad guy or the the big old the the Italian tough guy in in,
0: in a lot of movies that I witnessed in my childhood. So, um, yeah, yeah, for me it's like a, so. Of course, when he's yeah, when uh, the first movie came out, it was kind of lukewarm with critics. Uh, they famously said that Siskel and Ebert, who at the time had a lot of power when it comes to mo- to movies and what they would if they uh, give them the thumbs up or not, uh, famously didn't much care for this one. But despite that, they still were number one. They were very pleased about that. Uh so and if you actually go look on uh Rotten Tomatoes, I think it has like a 50, between a fifty and a sixty score. Sixty-five so percent on Rotten there Tomatoes you go, yeah. with fifty four reviews. So it's not even that high on there. I would rank it much, much higher. Oh, <laughs> but for that's sure. That's me. Uh the second movie, of course, they made and it came out, it's also quite good. Uh, I really enjoy it. It did fairly well, too. Uh, not near as much as the first one. They first. never do. First one was just like they on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was still still really good. I remember loving it when I saw it in the theater. I was very excited to see it and was really, really pleased that I enjoyed it as much as the first one. So, <laughs> But that is the story of Home Alone. Now it's time for Matt to dig up his Matt's stats
1: help me get up I
0: got, him. I got, him. I
1: got him. all right everybody welcome to the Matt Stats portion of the show got a lot to talk about today. We got some fun stats, we got some uh important stats. Let's start off with the box office performance. All right. Uh we'll compare the first home alone to some of the other to the other films released. So the very first home alone, which I believe we mentioned, uh released on November 16th, 1990, hauled in 285. Point, uh 285.7 million dollars in the United States of America. Internationally, uh 190 Point nine million, and for a worldwide box office of 476.7 million uh dollars to gross all-time domestic it is number you said it was uh, i think it was third it was third at the time now yeah. it's 38th which is still pretty remarkable marvel um, came around and messed everything up it it definitely definitely did uh but even still i like, didn't think you'd the 38th all-time grossing movie and i'm not sure if that's equating inflation as well um i don't wait, think let's see no oh, wait it's it's 36 with inflation Oh okay. okay my apologies so 36 with inflation uh but you think about all the mega hit movies that we've endured over the years and i think that that movie endured. <laughs> uh, endured there's been a there's been some good one. like there's a lot of ones i'm just like oh my god why is this why does everybody love this movie and but home alone yeah. is still in the mix like top 50 all time like that's significant and oh, yeah worldwide 60 it's it's 68th worldwide which is even more like impressive uh the budget for the movie which i think is the most impressive i love to see small budget movies do really really good for themselves um 18 million dollars which doesn't seem like a lot of money Right now, but I, I will also never see $18 million. So it's, <laughs> I don't know why I think
0: that way. <laughs> I don't know why I think but I that think 18, it, 18, 18 In terms millions. of movies, that doesn't sound like a lot. Oh, no, right? it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Uh, but yeah, so that, it's just funny to me that Warner Brothers was like, we're not doing this. Yeah. And you then out on. Uh, 20th Century Fox made bank off this movie. <laughs> it's insanity. Home Alone 2, uh, which we did mention, Lost
1: in New York, came out on November 20th, 1992. With a US haul of 173 point fifty uh, uh million dollars hauled in internationally one hundred and eighty-five point four mil and a worldwide box office of three hundred and fifty-eight uh excuse me, three hundred and fifty-nine million dollars altogether. It is number one hundred and thirty-seventh uh all-time domestically with uh, and number one hundred and fifty-one all all-time worldwide. The budget just slightly increased for this one, 20 million. I'm sure a little bit had to do with shooting in new i i would imagine shooting in New york bumped that up a little bit uh home Alone three, which didn't come out to theaters uh was released on december twelfth nineteen ninety seven for thirty uh in the United States and hauled in thirty point nine million dollars internationally forty eight point two million uh with a gross of seventy nine uh worldwide seventy nine uh point one million dollars so it fell off significantly, but it's still it's still considered a success with a budget of 32 million. It doubled that. Um, they, they, they kind of knew, but yeah. it's Hollywood. It's, it's corporate America. If there's money to be made, they will squeeze every single dime out of it. Uh, until people don't care anymore. Uh, sh- one thing that's really, really amazing about Home Uh, the very first home alone is it's longevity. All right. Johnny did touch on it a little bit. Uh, it was released the weekend of November sixteenth through eighteenth. Um, that was its first weekend. All right. It was number one. It was the number one film at the box office for twelve straight weeks, and it was dethroned by Sleeping with the Enemy um, over the weekend of February first through third. So that is a, I don't
0: even know that movie. <laughs> I've
1: never heard of it. It opened with thirteen million, but that's a three months, nearly three, like a two and a half three three-month span um, being on top. What's also incredible is that this movie was a top 10 draw at the box office until April 26th, which was past Easter weekend uh, in 19.
0: I mean, that's almost May. That's going to be some sort of record, right? That's going to be up there in the, in the record books of movies. Oh, it is.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm going to mention that in just a moment here. It's, it's honestly incredible. You think, I mean, it's a Christmas movie, and people are still going to the theaters to see it past Easter. That's remarkable. Uh, it made two more appearances in the top 10 uh memorial day weekend as well uh through june si- well yeah may 31st through june 2nd and the weekend of june 14th through 16th before finally falling out of the top 10 and uh after 9 months into this it's run it finally got pulled from
0: theaters uh you don't that- see that <laughs> often right exactly that's what I was about to say usually now i mean even even before the world stopped, or whatever you want to say. Even before that, when people were going to movie theaters, uh, even the big movies like a Marvel movie, like Avengers, it would be there. In what two months it seems like, and then it's basically going two, three, two to three in the in the big yeah.
1: ones, probably two to three, and then it goes to the cheap show. So, like, I, yeah. there's a, there's a there's a couple movies that I can think of. I remember the very first Harry Potter being still in theaters when the DVD came out. I remember, I think Endgame and Infinity War did, did that as well. Um, yeah. There's been hits to do that, but, I mean, for, like, this is, a, this is a comedy action film. Like, this right. is, like, really, really astounding.
0: That they made for under $20 million. <laughs> Yes, and
1: that, that's the biggest thing. Uh, by the time the film had run its course in theaters, Johnny did mention this, it was the third highest grossing film of all time worldwide. Um, On behind only Star Wars, which you did mention, which was $322 million at the time. And E. T. the Extraterrestrial, oh, which, is, yep. which was three hundred ninety nine million dollars at the time,
0: and it was a Spielberg. I kept wanting to say Jaws, I knew that wasn't right. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, you were. Uh, it was close. You were close. Uh, let's see, Home Media. Let's see, it sold uh, eleven million copies once it got released uh, for VHS and Laserdisc on August twenty second, nineteen ninety one. Oh, Laserdisc.
0: Uh, yeah, but the, see, that's what rich people <laughs> had at the time. <laughs>
1: peasants uh peasants with your vhs tapes um it sold 11 million copies when it was ultimately uh, finally released to home media and uh it generated fox another 150 million dollars um making it along with et the highest selling video game uh excuse me video of all time they didn't do video games that make that my apologies um due to the sales though the film did not do as well in the rental market so blockbuster did not do so people were just ready to buy it um let's see let's take a look uh at some of the some other fun stats here everybody so the biggest mystery that people like to add well at least coming into age is how the heck did kevin McAllister's dad and mom for that giant house and uh
0: and all them all them kids in this vacation to paris which they were taking They were taking big vacations every time and taking not only their own family, but, like, their brothers and their brother's family and stuff. (laughs) These were not cheap trips they were taking, and they seem to live a life of of a lot of comfort, (laughs) dare I say. (laughs) They most certainly do. So we're going to take a look at – I'm going to take a look first
1: at some of the expenses of the McAllister family from the first two movies, and then I'll give you uh, some theories as to what they actually did for a living. All right. All right. So uh just a quick tidbit here in 2012 the the McAllister house uh in real life, it sold for one point five- five hundred and eighty five million uh dollars so this this is uh, here's some stuff. all right, fifteen tickets from Chicago to Paris at Christmas with eleven coach and four first class ones uh seats for adults. all right that would cost thirty five thousand three hundred and twenty dollars
0: all right, and the dad paid for all that. Nobody chipped in. no, nope. they made a point of saying that. <laughs> can you ma- yeah that's it's it's true, and
1: honestly, that might be higher because airline prices have fallen in the last thirty years. That could be up to forty thousand yeah. dollars back in nineteen ninety when this came out, and to think that that, that they just forgot Kevin unbelievable um, <laughs> they paid for let's see uh when they let's see ten boxes of pizza which they uh they pay for in cash it's about. Um, $122.50, which today would be about $228. So they were just slinging around, um, slinging around some money. Oh, yeah. Uh, they made a mention of replacing the, uh, the basement staircase that Kevin destroyed 900 to about $1,500. Um, and we go to home alone too. <laughs> 14 tickets from Chicago to Miami at Christmas for first class one for the adults and 10 coach. How do we lose one kid? Um, $9,927 is what have, uh, this probably would have cost. So a little bit, you know know what the thing
0: that this isn't taking into account is literally in in both movies, uh, most of the family flies to there and back. And in the case of home alone Two, they fly to a destination, then fly to New York. (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
1: I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Um, Let's see a night in one of the Plaza Hotel's finest suites, which Kevin did. Um, oof, it was uh, about two thousand nine hundred and fifteen dollars a night. So I, I don't remember yeah. the duration of that movie, but he ran up a pretty. Hoover pretty, stayed there, you know, the vacuum guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Um, <laughs> and here we go. Actually, here this this takes into this one takes into account the flying back. So 13 tickets oh, from weird. Miami, um, which would have been about one uh let's see, one way would have been a thousand eight hundred and seventy two, but um yeah, they're saying like all together, like three thousand one hundred and fifty per person. So that's a lot of uh that's a lot of money. The um there's a lot that goes into this. The the article is goodhousekeeping.com, dot com, but um the theory is is that uh is that because of all the mannequins in the house that Kevin's mom was a fashion designer and the, the, the you know fashion designers they make a pretty penny and the uh and the dad he was like a big time agent or something um that's one of the that's one of the theories that that's like uh, I'm trying to th- see what they said verbatim
0: um, yeah, they do have like random, like a random Michael Jordan life-size cutout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's like a sports agent of some that's, sort.
1: That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And that's like, that's big time money too. Um, so that's, that's the theory on what, uh, on what the parents did to be able to afford that. Cause everybody asks everybody, you know, when you turn into, when you become an adult, they have to start paying bills. A lot of people's first questions are what did the McAllister's do to afford all that? So, um, yeah. but everybody, that is the Matt stats stats portion of the show. Uh, let's head on over to Johnny's. Did you know? Oh. Oh. There he is.
0: Hey, I'm calling the cops. Wait, 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 wait! He wants us to follow him. I got a better idea. Come on. We outsmarted you this time. All right, I got some fun stuff here. Uh, One of the things, of course, that really stands out about the first Home Alone movie is the appearance of John Candy. He did this as a total favor (laughs) to John Hughes. Total favor. As in, he actually, and this is no joke, the actor who played the pizza pizza delivery guy literally made more money from this movie than John Candy did. That is not a joke. That's the truth. (laughs) John Candy worked for scale- at this time, I think you have the actual numbers, don't you? I do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, w- go ahead and give those. Oh, okay. Uh, so he worked for,
1: he can, He was only able to do it for one day. Only right. did it for one day. So he did a 23-hour shoot and was paid $414. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, which I would love to have for one day's work. But, uh, <laughs> but you, you know, John that's, Candy, it's like. But this is John Candy at the height right. of his John Candiness. <laughs> that's pretty incredible to me that the, the guy who was the pizza delivery boy made more money than John Candy did on this film. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. That's a, real, also a very that's There's real. also a very famous story that John Hughes actually rarely ever showed up on set, except for, of course, when John Candy was there because yeah. they're friends and he's notorious and he was notorious about uh, not letting anybody riff on lines and stuff. Like I wrote this. You should be able to say these lines is perfect until, of course, John Candy shows up, and there's a lot of his improv actually makes the movie. <laughs> uh, naturally. So, naturally. Yep. Uh, okay, so a lot of – there's a lot of casting what-ifs with this movie, uh, including for the part of Harry. These are the ones I found the most fascinating. Uh, you could have had, besides Joe Pesci, maybe John Lovitz, which would have totally changed the movie. <laughs> or the another one, Robert De Niro was another guy who was – Yeah. Uh, Bobby. <laughs> Bob crazy now
1: what was De Niro supposed to be cast for would it have been like next to pesci or was it would it have been in pesci's role in pesci's role okay because those two together would have been pretty funny to see them in a comedy bit together but yeah i don't know it's it just it's just
0: see. hard to picture De Niro doing pratfalls right like any character of his doing stuff like that yeah it's even, hard to see him as like, a, like
1: yeah i guess now too it's hard to see him as a villain yeah, I don't know because he's been in so many kids like kid like movies, kid ass movies. Uh, you know,
0: I mean, this is uh, this was yeah. you know decades away from him telling you know Ben Stiller that he could milk him because he had nipples. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> this is miles away from that movie. Uh, so okay, so there's a very uh, during the scene in the first Home Alone, where the Wet bandits actually do capture Kevin and hang him up in that other house in the neighbor's house. Uh, you know, And they start saying all the stuff they're going to do to Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Joe Pesci, well, you know, there's a line where he says, I want to bite each and every one of his fingers off. And he kind of mimes it. Well, during the rehearsal, he actually accidentally did bite Kevin <laughs> uh, but uh, Macaulay Culkin. And Macaulay Culkin had a scar for a long time because of that. <laughs> so he bit the freaking crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's one memory. All right, one so. Memory. This kind of goes along with what you were doing with uh, what the parents made and all the costs and stuff. But if these events in Home Alone really happened, all right, there's all kinds of videos you can find on YouTube about this, of experts in. Of course, uh, there's a high chance that the Wet Bennets would be dead. <laughs> we're at oh, the my God, least, yeah. There's, yeah. Or at the very least in wheelchairs. Uh, you know, through all these injuries they would have actually endured, uh, all these things, they would have needed a lot of help <laughs> if they would have survived <laughs> this stuff. <laughs> For sure, a hundred percent. You can find plenty of videos online of doctors weighing in on these injuries and what they would, of what have happened, all the fractures and breaks they would have yeah. had, uh, and all this stuff. They would have not been in good shape if they had even survived it. No,
1: but by a lot of laws today,
0: McAllister would be in a lot of legal trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was about to go there. Yeah, were you legally, okay? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, legally. <laughs> There's a lot of people in trouble in this movie. <laughs> yes. This is real. We'll start with the parents. The parents abandoned their son. There's that's <laughs> who's very young. They could have gotten into some trouble for that for sure. Legally. Uh, of course uh, the wet menace themselves. This was not the only house that they robbed. they went around to plenty of houses and the movie even begins at the very beginning with Joe Pesci impersonating a police officer. Uh, there's all kinds of little, uh, acts to do that are <laughs> that are very criminal, so they would have seen a lot of jail time. One of the things I saw was they probably would have got at the least, you know, twenty five to thirty years at the least, just for the just for breaking in people's houses. Yeah, there were so many that they had hit, <laughs> and on top of that, they weren't just hitting the houses; they were destroying them by letting the faucets go and flooding them. So there's that on top of it. it's wanton destruction of property, <laughs> on top of uh, the, of stealing stuff. <laughs> uh, and then let's get into kevin himself uh the only thing that probably would have saved him from major jail times is the fact that he was eight years old and technically he was you know in the house by himself and people were trying to break in and it's scary uh, but there's a lot of <laughs> but technically he he attempted to murder these two men. <laughs> he did.
1: He did. And the reason, like, if you think, like, a lot of people just think that, hey, if somebody breaks in your house, you could just do whatever you want to them. It's not like that. It's like a. It depends on where you live, first of all. It does depend on. Yeah, that is true. It does depend on where you live. But, but, yeah, I mean, I I applaud Kevin for his his moxie. But. Oh, yeah. He could have
0: killed. <laughs> he he should have. Yeah. He should have killed them uh <laughs> are you thirsty for more no i'm not <laughs> i'm not thirsty at all leave me alone you hell child uh, there's where he gets in real trouble though is where is when he leaves his home and he's you know he's going over to the he's riding his uh what do you, the rope that he has attached to the tree house yeah and stuff and then he cuts the rope there when uh when the wet bandits are on it that's a tip did I mean, at the very least assault on them and that's outside of the house and that's where he gets in, there's a lot of legal stuff there yeah all right so uh i highly encourage anybody to go look these up uh you can find these on youtube they're very fascinating okay so there's also what's one of people's favorite scenes in this movie it's the spider put on mars head right it's <laughs> iconic it's an iconic scene daniel stern it took a lot of convincing for him to be okay with this <laughs> And I do not blame him. Who wants a giant spider put on your face? Right. (laughs) I would not be cool with it. No. So uh, he said, I'll do it, but we're only doing it in one take. That was one of his conditions. But the other thing he had to know is that when he's doing this scene and he films it and he's making a very funny scream that's iconic now, when he actually filmed it, he didn't make the scream noise. He just did all the facial expressions for it because that would have scared the spider. And he could have been bitten oh, or something. Oh, genius. That's really cool. Yeah. So that was dubbed in later afterwards. And you can't even tell. And I've watched plenty of stuff where you can definitely tell when stuff's dubbed. <laughs> so that was done very well. That's very good. All right. So uh, Kevin's older sister was played by Hillary Wolf. But after... Uh, playing in these two movies. She was in the first and the second one. Uh, She's in like one or two scenes at most in the second one. You actually don't hear much from her anymore in the acting world, and you want to know why? That's because she became a legit member of the U.S. Olympic judo team. So Kevin's sister could, uh, you know, kick my butt easily. Easily. (laughs) and Maybe that's why she's not in the
1: the, – was she not in the Home Alone 2? Maybe that's the missing child. She was she was in it, but
0: very briefly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was very brief. There was actually a plan for a Mar- for Marv to have his own spin-off movie. Uh it actually ended up being another movie and they took all the Marv and Alone stuff out of it completely. It's it's not related to it at all whatsoever. Right. Uh I think a spin spinoff would have been genius, though, if they would have just actually done it, because oh, Marv was yeah. such a beloved character. That might, you despite know, what though, that might have been a little ahead of old. its.
1: That might have been a little ahead of its time. Like I think that would do well today, like in a, like a streaming service show, maybe. But I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know how well that would have done back then. Yeah, kind of. I don't <laughs> kind, think people would have sh- appreciated that back then.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel like it should be like uh, have like a Fargo feel to it. <laughs> 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 to me, I don't know why. Like it has some deep darkness to it but also some over-the-top stupidity i concur I concur. Right. here's my favorite thing about this movie about the first time alone there's a conspiracy and i'm wondering if you've heard this matt that went around there's a scene in this movie when Catherine o'hare the the, the mom is in the airport line trying to get them to, to get her a flight to go home to kevin in the background one of the background actors looks suspiciously like a certain, oh, uh-huh, a certain Elvis Presley. And some people say that that is the real Elvis, despite the fact that he'd been dead since 77 or something like that. Allegedly. 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 Uh, so that's one of the big conspiracy <laughs> theories in this movie is that Elvis, apparently he did another movie and we all just didn't <laughs> know it.
1: I hope that one, that's, that's a, that's one's a lot of fun. I, I did not know that until doing research for this episode. That's 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 definitely one I was not expecting.
0: Um, would be hilarious. Did, you, did you see the picture? I did. There, you can uh, find screenshots of that easily. I did it. It's, I think people have a case. I think people might have yeah.
1: a case for it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I want to believe it. I want it to be true. So, I really do too. Yeah. Uh, so that is the did you know for Home Alone. It's time for us to get into where exactly is Home Alone in pop culture today. Can you excuse
1: us for a second? Can I see you for a second, please?
0: Excuse us. Help but Couldn't help but hearing you got a little bit of a dilemma there. We got a crisis ourselves. <laughs> Allow me to introduce myself. Gus Polinsky. All right. Polka King of the Midwest. The Kenosha Kickers. No, that's OK. I thought you might have recognized it. anyways. Um, Man, I think it's obvious it's, it's here to stay. I mean, these movies started out in 1990 and literally every year for, you know, for the holidays, it gets played on TV and now streaming with Disney Plus. It's not going to go anywhere. They already want to do a reboot of it because it's so popular. It made stars and uh, pop culture icons of these characters. Macaulay Culkin will never escape this character ever, ever, no, no matter what he does. Because even as an adult, he still kind of resembles <laughs> the kid. He does, you know? he, like he hasn't grown it. I mean, he had that
1: weird Fu Manchu thing going on for a little while. Yeah. But even he still has like the baby face look. Like it's yeah. just it, it looks like his eight year old head on, on an adult body. It's it's. But he
0: it seems man. to have a good sense of humor about it now, to me. At least that's how he comes off. Yeah, um, I, just, I. I'll say it a bit. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I want to know what you're. No, I was say. gonna
1: say, uh, there's. Uh, do you watch cinema Cinema Massacre on YouTube? Do you watch any of those YouTube channels? Angry Video. Yes, game so he appeared on
0: one of those. He yeah. did.
1: He actually played the Home Alone video game with the guy, <laughs> and he was like, "This is bad." He was. It was kind of fun. He had never played it before, but he played it for this YouTube channel, and he hated it. He absolutely yeah. hated it. <laughs> I just. I had to bring that up. I had to bring that up.
0: Yeah. It's really good. I highly encourage you to look at it. Up. It's the angry video game nerd. Yeah. Uh, who has a lot of really good funny content. So yeah. Uh and he shouted out Retro Blessed once. So Did uh, he really? Well we we may or may not have asked him to, but that's beside the point.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, that's too cool. I, so cool. I I spent this entire summer like watching all of his videos, so that's really neat.
0: That's really neat. Yeah. Uh yeah, highly recommend that. But yeah, it's I mean it's it's here to stay. I I don't foresee you know they, they uh, there's a famous saying in music where if you come up with a Christmas song and it and it hits and it starts get playing every christmas you you don't need to write any more songs ever That's all you need to do is just one christmas song uh, <laughs> I, It's kind of same with movies, right? You make one movie for Christmas that just hits and people watch it and it just becomes a part of their routine every year yeah absolutely you're sold man you're you're golden. I read some of that in
1: Poland like. It's it's a big like it's uh, I'm trying to th- like what back in the day, like I'm an NFL nerd. And back in the day, like Heidi was like the biggest like thing. Like, everybody stopped what they were doing on the day to watch when it was either NBC or one of those channels put on Heidi in Poland. Home Alone is the same thing. Yeah. And they tried to not do it one year and people lost their mind. Absolutely lost their mind.
0: But but yeah, the, that's well, anytime how, you take you know, away some anytime you take away something that's like a staple. That people do every year. Like, I remember this year, even, they were not going to show the Charlie Brown Christmas special on TV. Yeah. Because Apple got the rights to it. And then everybody lost their freaking mind. Yeah. (laughs) So so they ended up showing it. (laughs) Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, man, I I don't see this going anywhere. I think this will be here for a long, long time. Uh, You know, uh, I love seeing anything that. Uh, you know, like just example, Daniel of Stern, even just seeing his face pop up just makes me happy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't see these movies going anywhere. Definitely during this time of the year, they're just a staple of of the holidays. No, you're 100
1: percent right. And you pretty much hit all the notes that I wanted to, to to bring up. It It's it's immortalized like it. I don't know if it's in like the National Film Registry, but it probably should be if it isn't. Like, this I is... Would, I would hope so. I would hope so, too. I would hope so, too. I didn't dive too much into that, and I would I would imagine that it is, but uh, you know, it's... it's, Like, the fact that, like, a movie... Like, there's multiple movies that can be tied to a holiday, but any movie gets tied to a specific holiday, especially one as big as Christmas. Like, that's... That's a big deal. It really is. So, I mean, it's... It, until, like... I mean, there might come a point in time where people are just over it. Like I know people who are over a Christmas sto- the the Christmas story, but yeah, like they still like shove it down our throats on TV. Like every Christmas, like that's a, it's a great movie. Yeah,
0: I, I legit saw the the every year they just show that movie twenty four seven. I went
1: and seen the Christmas house last year. It was really cool. I went to go see the the Christmas story house in Cleveland. Um, yeah, for 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 this one, it's it's just not going anywhere. They keep re releasing it. Um, there's extra emphasis on it. It's just. Uh, like those early '90s, like there's a lot of definitive movies. Early '90s, like late '80s, there's a lot of definitive movies that just I don't know, like came out and just did more for pop culture, like did a lot for pop culture. Like I'm putting this in the same era as like the first Tim Burton Batman movie, where it did a lot. Yep. Ghostbusters around this era, yep. And I feel like Home Alone like cemented its its legacy in this time period as far as comedy action films. And family ones at that, like there wasn't really adult theme depend well depending on what your what your de- uh, definition of adult
0: theme movie is, I guess, but uh, it's, it's a family uh, film. I kind of feel like to, to, to piggyback on what you're saying, I kind of feel like uh, this was the golden era for, to be a kid yes. when movies were coming out. Absolute, absolutely I mean you, the, the first Ninja Turtle movie comes out near this time too
1: yeah that's a, good, that's a great point. you know there's a lot of great films uh, that came out around this time, and, and that's a great. Great point, these iconic films now mo- there 's movies that come out and they 're easily forgettable, easily forgettable. Yeah. But home alone is like you can ask anybody and they know you know they show the macaulay calkin with the with the f- hands on the face yeah. they just they just know and uh, it's it's it 's really really cool i 'm glad that I get to experience it and uh yeah, I hope it never goes
0: away it's it 's yeah. almost
1: like a christmas tradition it 's got a really good soundtrack to it too. I was just listening to it before to get hyped up. Uh, for this episode it certainly
0: does it's yeah, it yeah definitely does
1: soundtrack and and yeah, we all know that music lasts the, t- the test of time
0: and one thing we, if it, one thing we can learn from this movie too is don't still uh just leave that in the store you know <laughs> <laughs> if you get chased by a cop then you've done something wrong uh, uh, if, if you're a little kid getting chased by a cop so. absolutely uh, but absolutely. yeah so that was home alone matt what, what? are we going to do for the next episode of virtual pop
1: man i've had a lot of thinking to do about this one because there's so much that i want to do there's a lot that we have done recently we've done a lot of movies recently we've done a lot of uh we've done video games and tv shows and stuff like that i want to do our first venture into theme parks oh all right and uh, i don't think there's a bigger one in the world than disney world all right all right so we're gonna focus on not mostly to me just disney world but we're gonna talk a little bit about all of the disney theme parks across the globe um i thought that would be a cool one yeah we haven't done a theme park themed episode yet so uh and it doesn't get much bigger than disney so let's
0: uh yeah let's let's pay tribute to the corporate machine (laughs) (laughs) let's do it let's do it you know that thing that uh uh cost ridiculous amounts of money just to go to, uh, just to eat. Yep. Oh yeah. I know. I know. I've been there a bunch,
1: not to, not to sound like privileged or anything, but, uh, it's, <laughs> it's really expensive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All of you, thank you for listening to this episode of retro pop. Uh, we've had, this show's really grown and it's all because of you guys. Uh, we can't thank y'all enough from the bottom of our souls Uh, we hope everyone has a very awesome holiday whatever you celebrate and thank you for listening to us very much we very much appreciate it until next time when we're all going to the disney theme parks uh keep on retro popping